We are all one. Welcome to the Anahata Singularity. Okay, in the preliminary episode, I made a claim that we are all one, all pieces of the same consciousness. Now, I'll discuss my own reasons for coming to that conclusion in a later episode. The reason for holding off on that particular discussion for now is because although the concept is not all that complicated, it's an idea that is completely foreign in this place that we call reality. It's been intentionally made to be a foreign concept, and we'll get to the reason for that eventually also. But for now, let's just get the idea on the table so we can examine it. And before we get started, let me remind you that I also claim that there is no such a thing as good and evil, so we might as well throw that up on the table while we're here as well. Now, I can imagine I've just tossed these two insane concepts up on a table in a room full of a bunch of apprehensive people. I've got my hands on my hips with a big smile on my face, proud of what I just did, while everyone around the table has varying degrees of disgust on their faces. No one's happy. So I ask everyone in the room to tell me what they think about what they see. Who wants to go first? Now, I'm not psychic, but I already know what I'm going to hear. You get the same exact response, almost word for word, Every time someone is presented with these two concepts, they immediately refer to infamous characters throughout history, Hitler being the most common go-to guy to refute these claims, followed in popularity only by Manson and Dahmer. Touche, and my retort, my question is always, who told you what you think you know about any character in history or any historical event? And before speculation starts as to whether I'm a, quote, denier of this or that, let me state that I am a shameless doubter of all recorded history. If you ask me honestly what percentage of accepted history that I believe to be true, I'd have to say zero. Um, let me digress for a minute and share two personal stories with you. Several years ago, we allegedly had civil unrest throughout our country. You know, it's similar to uh, uh, current, you know, more or less current events within the last several months, uh, where we all saw pictures and video of cities on fire across the United States, widespread violence. It, it appeared the country was falling apart at the seams. Now, one of my coworkers had planned a trip for him and his kids to New York City before any, any of it started. And everything in that week-long vacation, hotel reservations, everything was already paid for. So he's sitting there at his desk watching a video of all the chaos and fires going on throughout the city. And he says to me, dude, I don't know about this. I, I think I should probably cancel everything and try to get my money back and wait for all this to blow over. And being the crazy conspiracy theorist that I am, I said, dude, it's not real. None of it. Go ahead with your trip. You're going to be fine. So while he's watching the video, he turns to me and gives me a smirk. 
You know the one. Every truther is very familiar with the look of smug. Never mind that you spend countless hours investigating. They've watched 10 minutes of mainstream media and they know better than you. They're the smart ones and you're the idiot. Well, I'm not sure exactly why, but he did decide to go on the trip anyway. I don't know if he couldn't get out of all of it or if I made a dent or whatever, but he did He did go. A week later, he comes strolling in and says, dude, we really had a good time. Everyone was polite. Black people, white people, everybody. It's like nothing was going on. Now, let me remind you that those events will go down in recorded history as fact. Actual, factual events. My second story is about my own family's alleged lineage. My mother's side of the family is supposed to be related to a very prominent historical figure. For the sake of privacy on the internet, I'll be vague, but my grandmother is supposed to be a direct descendant herself and shared a last name with this person before she married my grandfather. I can't tell you how many times I heard stories of family drama surrounding this person and saw newspaper clippings, uh, talk of uh, family resemblances of some family members to this person, including myself, you, you name it. I mean, this wasn't just some passing claim. These people have a lot of details. And in the scheme of things, we're not talking about a person who lived all that long ago. We're talking about just a few generations here. So one day while I was home uh, from work sick, I got bored of watching 80s reruns and soap operas and decided to do a genealogy search. Now, mind you, I had not yet fallen down the rabbit hole of truth-seeking at this point. Well, it didn't take long to find out that this person, this historical figure that I was allegedly related to, did have children. However, those children bore no children themselves. I was, I was pissed and immediately went on a rant about my family's delusions. Now, you could say that maybe this person had an illegitimate child or whatever, and that's who we're related to, but that's not the story. The story is one that was very open in public. So the question is, who told them that and why? Who's correct? The official written story of this person's life or my family's personal accounts of events occurring in this person's life or, or neither. You follow me? Now, that's not all I have, you know, to have developed such a disbelief in recorded history, but that's just two examples from my own personal life that I cared to share. And as I already alluded to in the first episode, I'm not here to tear official uh, narratives apart one by one, piece by piece, in an attempt to convince you that, that you're being lied to. There are plenty of sources out there where that's their specialty. My interest exists on the flip side of that. The people that I'm appealing to have already been there and done that, and they're at the last leg of the race and need what they need to get through to the finish line. If you're here wanting to debate as to whether this or that event in history happened according to the official story or not, you've definitely come to the wrong place. Okay, 
onward and upward. Back to the matter at hand. We are all pieces of the same consciousness and there is no distinction between good and evil. I think we'll start with the good and evil thing because I think that's an easier sell. Let's be clear about what we're talking about first when we use the term good and evil. What we're really saying is duality. Duality exists at every level of reality. In fact, we could even say that reality is made entirely of polar opposites. So where does the notion of good and evil begin? Let's find out. Nighttime versus daytime. No one thinks of that in terms of good and evil. Uh, the North Pole and the South Pole. No one thinks uh, of those in terms of good and evil either. Uh, negative and positive terminals on a battery. North and south on a magnet. Mm, nope and nope. We even all respect the cycle of life within the animal kingdom, which is full of brutal duality. Not seen as evil either. All right. Uh, conservative versus liberal. Bing, 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 bing. I found one. Men versus women. Yeah, there's another. All right, let's go out there a little bit. And uh, serial killer versus unsuspecting victims. Uh, I'm three for three, but that last one was an easy one, right? I can't possibly be implying that the actions of a serial killer is in any way similar to the cycle of life in the animal kingdom, can I? That there's no, no evil present in this behavior? Because... Animals always kill for the sole purpose of survival, right? Well, not exactly. You ever had a cat? Now, don't get me wrong here because cats are one of my favorite animals and I've had at least one as a pet continuously throughout my entire life. One of my good friends refers to cats as the serial killer of the animal kingdom because sometimes they will just kill shit just to do it with no intentions of ever eating it. I've had cats that just seem to resent other things being alive at all. I have one cat now that frequently runs out in front of me just as I'm about to head down the steps of my house. I swear that little bastard's trying to kill me just for sport. Her timing even seems to, to have improved over the years. I think one day you might find out that I bought the farm and you all might suspect that the powers that be got me for revealing too much of the mechanics of reality. But, nope, I'll probably be at that age that has made me not so quick on my feet, and Layla was really in the zone that particular day, and down the steps I went. I probably didn't get suicided by the Illuminati hit squad. It was Probably a cute furry little serial killer named Layla, and that's who the police should probably question first. You ever had koi fish or knew someone who does? It's a fact that a heron, upon discovering that it cannot possibly eat the koi of a particular pond because of the size of those fish, will not just move on to another pond where game is of a more manageable size. No, it will not leave until it has stabbed to death every last fish in that pond before it moves on and will leave them to rot. It's horrible, and it's heartbreaking for the fish keeper, 
And just as a side note, with the intent to insert some emotion into the equation, just to drive my point across even harder, most people are unaware of the intelligence of koi. They actually remind you of puppies. They're playful, they're trainable, they're intelligent, and each one of them have unique personalities. Now, we don't see these examples as evil, do we? Well, if you have a pet bird and a cat comes along, or if you're a fish owner and a heron drops in, then maybe. So what's the distinction between which parts of duality do we see as nature slash good and which are evil? Feelings. Our feelings or perspective on the matter is the only way we make a distinction between what is good and evil. That's it. We could very well find a world where humanoids regularly hunt each other, and we could try to show them that that behavior is evil and unacceptable, but they'd likely look at you like you're insane and would consider you evil for attempting to interfere in their cycle of life. They're normal. If you want to play the devil's advocate for a second and believe any part of recorded history is true, the Romans supposedly hunted and killed Christians. Christians supposedly hunted and killed Muslims. Muslims supposedly hunted and killed all unbelievers. Both sides, in every instance, would see themselves as the good guy and the other side as evil. Yeah, feelings and perspective. You smelling what I'm cooking? All right, I think I've made a very valid argument for the illusion of good and evil. Now, on to the concept that we are all one. This one's going to be a tough one. And that's because this concept has to be sensed personally. You get clues, and there are many, and then, and only then, if you care enough, you start to observe and that's how you make that discovery. I think it's maybe meant to be that way. This is the one great arcanum that is the key to unlocking the very nature of reality and the mastery of reality. And that's why it's so intangible, so indescribable, so elusive. It's a discovery that has to be made on an individual level. If we could get it to then spread like a virus, that would eventually result in a perfect and harmonious reality, a reality driven by a collective of conscious beings working as one unit. Currently, we mistakenly believe we're not, and it's not working so well. We're lost. It is necessary for a person to turn inward first, to get the process started. There's a very old saying that holds the key to all of this. And take this as your first clue. Know thyself and you will know all of the mysteries of the gods and of the universe. Let me repeat that. Know thyself and you will know all of the mysteries of the gods and of the universe. This phrase is telling you that there's nothing outside of you. Everything that you perceive, everything is a projection that originates from you. This is the single 
most powerful phrase ever spoken, and it's understood by virtually no one. Let me give you a more modern quote from Ed Kowalczyk from the band Live. I love that band. It's from one of their songs. Selfishness and separation have led me to believe that the world is not my problem. I am the world. End quote. Let's consider people who've had near-death experiences and people who've went on psychedelic trips. The vast majority of them come back with the revelation that this reality is just a shadow of something greater, something pure, and that we are all one, one consciousness. There's a clue. Synchronicities. Those are clues. Many wealthy people can tell you that giving of oneself led directly to their success, sometimes in really strange ways. Why would that be, do you suppose? Why would a person's generosity, especially when done under anonymity, have anything at all to, to do with their success in business? There's a clue. The Bible tells many stories, but in truth, the Bible tells only one story over and over and over, and that is the story of human consciousness, God consciousness being one and the same. You are very likely to never hear that anywhere else. It's a secret held by so few. You don't believe me? Read the Zohar. The Zohar is a commentary on the Torah written as allegory. It's a beautiful work that uses symbolism and esoteric language to reveal the symbolism and esoteric language of the Torah. Also, there's the, the Gnostic creation stories. You should read all of these books. They're all about you. Oh, and look up Bill Donahue. He loves to talk about this stuff. So there, there's a bunch of clues. Now, I know there will be people listening to this who will be highly critical because I may have failed to convince them. They either, they either need hand-holding or they just came to act like they give a shit but don't really. You know the type. Let me ask them this. What harm could possibly come from perceiving the entire world and everything in it as being a part of yourself? How could such a mindset and the practice of such a mindset ever make the world worse in any way at all? Any person, no matter how limited their visual, visualization skills, could easily imagine that if everyone saw life that way, how that would instantly transform the world. If only such an idea would begin to trend anyway. And the question usually comes up, What's one person matter? What can one person do? Well, a trend has to start somewhere. And instead of convincing you that it's a fact, I have to instead invite you to give it a try. So that would be part two of the solution that we've begun to build since the first episode. Just as a refresher, the first two parts of the solution to taking control of reality in a meaningful way and bring it into harmony is to, number one, disengage as much as possible from your emotional response to 
what's going on around you, thus removing its power over you. A snake can't kill you if you're immune to the poison. Two, make a conscious effort to be just a little better today than you were yesterday. In spite of how you personally feel about yourself, or the person or persons to which you are extending a kind gesture. And from today, to add to those, three, train yourself to see polarity for what it truly is and attempt to find balance in between. And four, begin to look at yourself. I mean, really examine yourself. And then take a good look at the world around you and look for commonalities. You'll be amazed at what you find out. Some of it you'll like, most of it you won't. And the things that you see that you don't care for, fix them. Fix them within yourself. Okay, so let me say a couple of things before wrapping this episode up. I want to add a little more to the part of the solution about your perception of polarity. Have you ever wondered why people who are perceived as being good people usually seem to have a short existence here. You know, hence the the saying, the good die young. And, you know, while a person who is recognized as being a total piece of shit seems to outlive everyone, the answer as to why is directly related to the perception of each. People who we consider good people tend to internalize everything which causes them health problems, ulcers, you name it. While people who seem to be put on earth just to cause as much misery as possible tend to enjoy what they do to others, and because of that, they are benefited by their behavior. Your perception is everything. And one last thing concerning the part about introspection. A while back when I was starting to make this discovery, I worked down the hall from a group of millennials in a newsroom. The shit that you would hear coming out of that room would blow your mind. Sometimes I would wonder if they actually believed any of what they were saying and were just maybe maybe they were just trying to impress each other as to how much of a display of crazy that they could put on. It was like an echo chamber of insanity. That'd be the best way to describe that room, I think. And sometimes they'd get me so wound up listening to them that I'd have to shut my door or leave for an early lunch. And I asked myself, how in the hell could those people in there ever be a reflection of me? In any way, just a thought made my stomach turn. Then it wasn't actually a voice, but a, a powerful inner dialogue said, those people are your stubbornness, your rigidity, your unwillingness to bend. I didn't like that very much. Not necessarily because I had a hard time with the self-critique, but the feeling I got wondering, you know, just how many people in my life that I've made feel like those people made me feel. Up until that point, I had thought of myself as rather open-minded. Turns out I may have only been open to ideas that I decided were permissible. So anyway, that's it for the day. Try and give some of this a shot. It will be the, the best thing you've ever done. Even if you try it for one day and then give up because you don't see results quick enough for you, 
you will have inadvertently added the smallest push that will combine with everyone else who only tried it for one day. And I believe with all my heart that that will be enough to start the world going back in the other direction. We desperately need to find center, but all we need is a push to get it going. Thank you.